0: We're quite familiar with this prodigal son story from scripture. And perhaps many of us looked into our lives and said, you know, there's too many elements of my becoming someone like the prodigal son. We have squandered things. We have squandered graces. We have squandered the the gifts that God gave us. And yet what we hear in our gospel today is that Whoever turns back to the Lord, whoever comes back and acknowledges their own limitations, sins, their own forgetfulness, whatever it may be, or just desire to find some form of fulfillment in their life, and they have gone against the Lord. And when we come back, the Lord is merciful. When we just listen to the old reading, I mean, the readings from the Old Testament from the prophet Micah, who is there like you, the God who removes guilt and pardons sin for the remnant of his inheritance, who does not persist in anger forever but delights rather in clemency? God is truly God who's a father and will again have mercy on us, treading underfoot our guilt. Is there someone else? who's able to do that. This is what the the experience of the people of God was, the experience that God is truly God of mercy. So for those who turn to him, he forgives. He removes guilt. He does not in any way hold things against us because he's kind and merciful. And so as the responsorial Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, of oh my soul, and bless all my being. Bless his whole name. Why? Because he does not forget us. He does not treat us in ways that will be destructive to us. He pardons all our iniquities, heals all our ills. He redeems from your life from, our life from destruction and crowns us with kindness and compassion. This is the, the parable that the Lord gives. Yes, the revelation of God as God of mercy in the Old Testament. It's a revelation of God who's tender, who cares, who really cares for us. And this is when the parable which we read today, when John Paul wrote the encyclical on, on divas in misericordia, rich in mercy, which is absolutely powerful. Powerful document. If you ever are able to read it again and again, There's such such a rich document on how God treats us. And John Paul used the parable of the prodigal son to show the father's love for the son. He used the, the, this this pro, this parable because it shows not the, the, the prodigal son, because there's plenty of us but how God deals with his son and how he runs to him. He wants to rescue him. He wants to be a father to him. This is the image of God, the father, which which so powerfully is described in the scripture today. Who is the father? The father who does not, he does not condone the, the lifestyle of, of the, of the of his son. Yes, he squandered his grace. But the fact is that he came back, he came to his senses. He came to, back to his senses because he lost his dignity as a son. And he just wanted to be like one of the workers. No one, no longer a son. And he knows, he realizes what he has done, so he doesn't deserve to be a son again. And he just wants to be like one of the employees because he sees the father treating the employees with kindness and mercy. And so he wants to be just like one of one of the, well, those servants, hired servants. And yet the father would not let him. You are my son. You, you are, yes, you have squandered everything, but you're my son and you deserve the dignity of my son. This is why John Paul, in that encyclical, he really opens it up and he says something which is sort of extraordinary. He says, the essence of divine mercy is expressed in a special way in the parable of the prodigal son, that son who receives from the father the portion of his inheritance that is due to him and squanders it is the man of every period beginning with the one who was the first to lose the inheritance of grace and original justice. He says, it's every human person, starting with Adam and Eve. They have squandered grace as well. And it's every generation, every one of us participates in some dimension of squandering the grace. The parable indirectly touches upon every breach of the covenant of love every loss of grace, every sin. The prodigal son squanders and loses something more important than his material goods, his dignity as a son in his father's house. When he becomes aware of this loss, he decides to return to his father's house and ask him to treat him like one of his day workers. Here we have, John Paul says, God, the father who's faithful, to the love, to the love of us as his children. That love every parent knows, every parent knows, every family member knows especially, but especially as parents. This fidelity is expressed in the readiness, joy, and affection with which he welcomes his son when he returns. The father is aware that the fundamental good has been saved the good of his son's humanity, his dignity, which has been, in a way, found again. In this parable, Christ shows us mercy as love that is able to reach down to every prodigal son, to every human misery, and above all, to every form of moral misery, to sin. And when this happens, the person who is the object of God's mercy does not feel humiliated but rather found again and restored to value. The emphasis here of John Paul is that God does not want to humiliate us. He could have said, you deserve it. Now I'm gonna treat you like a hired worker because you, you messed up, you squandered it. But God does not do that and this is where The mystery of mercy is so great. It's the love of God. You know, the mystery of mercy shows us that mercy, mercy, that love that God has is greater than justice. Yes, God still upholds the justice because we see that he rescued us, but his son dies for us because we have offended the Lord. We have destroyed the relationship. So, God rescues us as human beings, but, but his son takes, takes the, the, the consequences upon his shoulders of our sin. This is the mystery. This is something that we cannot grasp. Why would God love us so much? Why? Why would God love us so much? And yet he does. That's the truth. That's the truth of the Gospel. This is the truth of God sending his son on our behalf so that he may rescue us, that we may not undergo the full consequences of our sin, that he will take us and he will rescue us if we turn to him. But that's the condition. The condition is we do turn. And this is why the great responsibility that we have for each other, that we have to keep on reminding our brothers, sisters, our children, turn to God no matter what. Turn to him because he will rescue you. He will forgive you. He will turn, turn back. the the destructive consequences which lead to hell, he'll turn them back, and he will bring you home to be safe and sound. So that God's mercy does not in any way remove justice. Justice is still there. The only thing is that he takes upon himself the consequences of our sin. That's the mystery. That's the mystery, the profound mystery of the Father's love. And this is why in that encyclical is not just the, just the uh, aspect of, of the prodigal son, but the Lord says to us, the, the, the divine mercy, God's mercy, the Father's love for us so great that he puts on his son, and the son volunteers, because, you know, God's son says, here I am, I have come to do your will. He volunteers, he wants to do this on our behalf. And you see, and here it is, you know, John Paul in that encyclical in that chapter five, he says, the Paschal mystery, the divine dimension of redemption uncovers the depths of God's love, which does not recoil before the extraordinary sacrifice of the son in order to satisfy the fidelity of the creator and father towards human beings. The mystery of the redemption is the ultimate and definitive revelation of the holiness of God who is the absolute fullness of perfection, fullness of justice and love. In the passion and death of Christ, absolute justice is expressed. For Christ undergoes the passion and cross because of the sins of humanity. The sins of man are compensated for by the sacrifice of the man God. Nevertheless, this justice springs completely from love, from the love of the Father and the Son and completely bears fruit in love producing fruits of salvation and restoring to love that creative power, creative power of God for us. Beautiful words, but powerful words. But we are to embrace it. We are to receive it. You know, as I was reflecting on, on the on that significance of the prodigal son, I saw that every time we come to Mass, we're like prodigal sons coming back to the Father's house we're coming back. Yes, we, at the very beginning of, of Mass, we say, yes, Father, we are, we've sinned against you. I confess to Almighty God, to my Father, I, I confess that I have sinned. Not only have sinned, but also have, have been negligent in fulfilling the, the works of love, which God, the Father, expects from us. So we come to Mass, and guess what? The Father prepares a banquet for us here, the banquet for, for all of us. And he wants to share the greatest banquet, is the food, food of angels, the Eucharist, as is known. The true manna, which means the body and blood of Christ. This is what the Lord prepares us so that we may be restored in our dignity that we may be restored again by by that love that God has for us. And so here it is. This is the banquet which the Father, God the Father, prepared, and he gives the Son as a nourishment to us, the grace of mercy, forgiveness, the grace of restoration, and the grace that draws us near of communion, being, being so close, entering into deep relationship that relationship of communion, as John Paul would say, "Communio personarum," the, 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 the communion of persons, not relationship of a slave to a, to a master or worker to an employer, employer, but relationship of a father, a father's love. So this is what the Lord is giving us today—an opportunity to participate in that mystery of God's love for us as we come and we enter this Eucharistic celebration, this banquet of life that God prepares just as he prepared for his wandering, squandering son. He's preparing this for us. But but how many people do not realize, and this is where our ministry and mission is so important, that we bring forth again and again people to the Father, Through Jesus, he is the means by which we see the Father's love. We see how Jesus treated us because he manifested the Father's love for us. We see in the actions, in the words, in in the great mystery of his miracles for us that he was showing the, the image of the Father, who the Father is, because we would not know fully who the Father is unless we were to see it through his son, through his words, through his actions, especially through his suffering and death, which so much so we, we are participating in during this time of Lent. On Fridays, stations of the cross, perhaps we could do it every day, or perhaps we could do every day the, uh, you know, the, the hour of great mercy at three o'clock, where the Lord shows us what, what he's doing for us. His, his blood and water, his heart was pierced, blood and water came forth to redeem, to strengthen, to cleanse, to purify us, to bring us back home. But our ministry and our responsibilities that we may help others to come to know God and also come to know that, yes, the consequences of sin is destruction. When we squander graces, we end up like the prodigal son. But when we return back to the father, he restores the dignity, he restores and forgives and sets aside, aside the, the, the the poison and, and heals that poison that we have introduced into our life and the life of others. So may we then today, through this Eucharistic celebration, that we honor the Lord we come to his banquet, that we may be grateful to him, that we may in our hearts also remember all those who have kind of squandered their grace and no longer are participating in the life of God, that we may pray for them because sometimes we may not be able to even speak to them because if we speak they turn us off they don't want to hear it but we do have the means the means of powerful prayer you know we offer our sickness our sufferings them with christ and becomes great and powerful prayer of intercession so we have means we we're not without means we are people who are never and can never be discouraged by anything Because the victory has been won and the gifts are available to us and we can partake of those gifts and share them with those who are in need and we have many many around the world today as you know the world is kind of running away at the speed of light away from god away from 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 the from the gifts that he has prepared for us they just want to do whatever but they get lost confused they do not know where they're going They want happiness, they seek happiness at all costs, and yet choose ways which seem to give happiness, but at the end brings only misery, pain, suffering, emotional strain, whatever it is, it doesn't provide. But God has that gift, and so we can come back to the father's house like the prodigal son. And even though he says, treat me, I have lost everything, so treat me like one of your servants. And the Lord says, no, when you come, I want you to know that you are my son, my daughter. You're destined for glory. You're destined for eternal life. Destined to participate in the mystery of God, to share in the divinity. This is what the Lord has given to us. So may through this Eucharist, this powerful, most powerful prayer we can ever utter, participate in the Eucharist that it may renew us, strengthen us, lead us to the Father's house, and that we may bring as many as possible so that they themselves may experience His loving kindness and future glory.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking, And God bless you.